What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Better late than never after a nice little run around trying to find a spot where the Wi-Fi works. It looks like we're finally here for the PHNX Rising post-game show. I'm Owen Evans. I'm joined today by someone a little bit different there, Jake. Jake Anderson. Oh, how are you? Thanks for having me. You know, we're trying to get that new nickname to stick with you, of course. Discount Jake. Do you think it's going to stick? <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'm just a tire salesman now. You're not wearing a tie, Jake. I'm not. I'm not. I'm in Phoenix, man. He's not wearing a tie. I, I think... Look, everyone, we've already had it brought up here by VJ in the chat. Jake not wearing a tie. Bandidos <laughs> Bluebird also pointing out the fact that Jake is not wearing a tie. Now we know why Rising lost tonight. But yes. I wore a suit to the Vegas game last week. I was not wearing a tie during the 1-0 win away to OC. I thought Tiegate was over. Apparently not. Tiegate never ends, Jake. Tiegate never <laughs> ends. Well, Phoenix Rising losing today 1-0 away to Pittsburgh Riverhounds. I tell you what, Jake, I want to hear what your thoughts were on that game before we kick off any further. I mean, it, it was kind of just a rinse and repeat of what we've seen, especially in the games that they've lost or tied. It's the, Defensively, they're fine. I mean, yeah, you, you allow a set-piece goal, and that's going to happen over the course of a season. But it wasn't like Pittsburgh was that dangerous. But it's just so stagnant in the final third. And, and I tweeted it during the game. I think this team, especially if you've been following this team for a while, they've been missing a player that on the wing can take a guy on one-on-one and you can get some service into the box. We saw Danny Trejo go up for some 50-50 balls. And I'm sorry, Danny Trejo is not going to win headers at 5-9. He's not that type of player. I think he's better utilized outside where he can use space, use his pace, beat a guy. And he doesn't have to be like three guys. It just has to be one player. You get the center back to then have to step up. He opens up that gap. Someone else runs in behind. It sounds a lot easier than done, obviously, but it it's just frustrating to see how it's almost the same offense every week and not, nothing is, is getting better. And, and I know Juan keeps saying the results will come, but they're not. All right. Well, you mentioned Juan there. Let's actually have a listen. We've got the full clip from him on his thoughts on the match. We came to Pittsburgh to win, and, and I think the, the performance shows that. We played the remainder of the games like we played tonight. Wins are going to come, and we're going to win more than what we lose. You know this. I'm very performance-based, performance-oriented, and good performances lead to good results. It's con- continuous and, and, and good performances in a row. We were not good at home last game, and I told you that. Even if we would have won that game, we had won games in the past, and I've told you, I wasn't happy because it was a good result, but not a good performance. And that's what happens. But the other way, when you put good performances and you keep stacking them up, at the end of the day, you're going to win more than what you lose. I think tonight, we played a very good game. I am, I am happy with the way the boys played. It's not easy to come to Pittsburgh and, and, and play versus Bob and, and be able to, you know what I mean, to keep our identity and, and see the team on the field that, that we assemble and see the identity, the game model, the style of play that we've been preaching since day one and I saw that on the field tonight my respects to the players that they had a very tough week of training the travel wasn't easy and they came over here and they bounced back 
from a very poor performance at home. Tonight, I'm not worried. If we keep playing like this, we're going to be okay. Now is the moment to stick together. Now is the moment to make sure that we understand how to support, how to say things, and what to say is very important too. Because at the end of the day, we all pushing in this together. And, and the boys showed today how much they cared and how much they wanted. Did you think in the final third then you were creating enough today to have... No, Owen, but we shot 16 times, four shots on target. The goalkeeper made some unbelievable saves. How many teams come to Pittsburgh and they create this many chances? This is a team that defends very well in this narrow turf field. So how much more? Do you know what I mean? Yes, of course we want to create more. If you ask me, I, I would like to take 25 shots and maybe 10 of them to be on target. Of course I want that. But we control the game from start to finish. We fell asleep on a set piece that we need to keep pushing and challenging and improving. But at the end of the day, what else can I ask from the guys? They gave us absolutely everything tonight. And this is why I stand in front of them and I will protect them to the last day I'm here. If we play like this and we do things the way we did them the whole week, we don't have a lot to worry about, guys. We need to stay patient. We need to stay focused. We need to stay hungry. And now we have two home games versus one, a direct rival, and the other one versus a rival in the East that is, that is doing a very good job. So I'm already thinking of next week. I'm already thinking of ways that, that I want to get the guys up again and ready to challenge. And if they play next week, how we play tonight, we're going to be okay. Yeah. So uh, I think the, the chat is doing a lot of reacting to that video at the very least, is what I'll say. Um, quite a few people not particularly happy with some of those comments. And I, I think, look, there's a... There are some serious questions you can raise around it, of course. 16 shots, yes, but how many of them were necessarily good shots? No, I, I agree. I'm, it's, I guess, good to see that Juan is confident in, in his side. It's better than the opposite. But, uh, I, I mean, on paper, yes, you had 16 shots. But like you said, I, how many did you really think had a chance of going in? I don't think any of them had a chance of going in until the second half. And again, it's this almost the same thing every time. It's it takes 45, 60 minutes for this team to wake up, you know. And, and by that they time, they don't it's play a complete game. Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. I, I agree with you that they don't come out and play from the first minute until the last. We we haven't seen that. I don't think in a game yet this season. No, and the and you know the Phoenix Rising of old, it was it was almost like you expected a goal in the first twenty minutes, and from there they would they would just destroy you because once you couldn't sit back anymore, they would use the space that you were giving them and just win three, four, five nil. But they're not, they're not creating dangerous chances, which, which is what you were basically alluding to when you were asking about the shot count in the final third. And it was just, it's, it's almost like something needs to change. I mean, Panos, we didn't really get to see much of him. Maybe he can be that missing guy, but you know, looking forward to the month of June, I mean, it's going to be interesting because you know, Kevin Harvey might not be here for the next month. Yeah, that's a realistic uh, pot potential for that. Um, I think when you actually look at it, look, the first half you had, I, I mean, I, I know I kind of talked about the, the chances in that when I said at halftime when I tweeted it. To me, the two real chances were the chance from Daniel Crutzen from that first free kick, not the second one that just went into the ball, but I thought the first one, he was knocking on the door a bit. It's off target but it was all right. It was a decent enough attempt. And I think the second one really there was Manuel Artiaga. And that was with the, God, losing my voice a bit. Um, with the header um, that was maybe a little bit too weak, um, but there was a chance. It was create something there. There was something there as you watched it. Now, 
Second half, a lot of people are saying in here, Eddie Manjoma really was the the main guy actually creating stuff there. Now, I do have some good news on that one. Um, you're getting a PHNX Rising post-game show exclusive, which is that Eddie Manjoma, uh, it appears to have just been cramps, shouldn't be anything serious, and he should be good to go going forward. So no need to be too concerned by the sounds about Manjoma. Obviously, he went off, signaled he wanted to be subbed off uh, due to injury. But, yeah, I feel as though in a lot of... A lot of the time, the issue comes, I think, with the fact that you watch this team and you almost don't expect the goal. None of us are watching this team expecting the goal, and that's where the concern for myself is. I'm sure, Jake, you've got a very similar concern. I'm sure most of the chat shares the concern. is just that there's no real threat, it feels, for most of the game. Um, even when they take shots, you don't necessarily look at it and think, this is going to hit the back of the net. And that's a long run thing. That's not just tonight. Oh, absolutely. And I think tonight, I think Eddie was the best player on the pitch for Phoenix by far. He was willing to take guys on. He beat it. I mean, exactly what I was talking about happened where he beat a guy, the center back stepped up and I believe it was Trejo who ran in behind and got the ball. It didn't, it didn't end up being a shot, but if you do that enough, there will be someone back post. There will be a one, two available to then get good shots on net. I mean, the two shots that we're talking about today were both right along the 18, right outside. The, I mean, yes, those will go in over the course of a year. But if every shot you take is 18 yards away from the – like, you're, you have to put it in a corner. Like, you're not able to pass it into the net. And that's another thing is we've seen over the course of the year is it almost seems like they want to walk it into the net. I was talking with Max about that um, during the Vegas game. It seems like they're kind of scared to shoot at times and they want to just walk it in and – and be like, you know, the Man City in Barcelona under Pep Guardiola where every goal is is beautiful. But it, it really doesn't matter how you score as long as you put the ball in the net. And that's been their issue this year. It hasn't been the defense. It, it's been scoring. And as you just said, when you don't expect a team to score and you're playing against the likes of a Bob Lilly who is a tactical master class, he got his goal and just sat back because he knew you're, you're, you're not going to be able to, to beat them in the air. Rising doesn't have the personnel for that. No. So it was going to have to be a perfect tic-tac-toe, tiki-taka, and, and you know it, it didn't happen tonight. We can actually talk a little bit about that. I know that some people uh, aren't big on the whole XG kind of side of things, but what I can say, when you actually look at the numbers and you look at the way that things break down, Pittsburgh have 0.5 XG off of six shots. Rising have 0.57 XG off of 16 shot, uh, 15 shots. Sorry, um, That tells you something, doesn't it? That tells you as we stand around here and talking about just uh, is actually point six. Oh, I don't know. Um, they keep uh, updating these in this app. I don't know. I think they've revised it down since now, so it's only point five seven for. Uh, yeah, they keep revising. They do Opta, it. Opta revise things yeah, all the time. Annoying. But you just look at the, you look at the fact that it's not that different between the two teams. And yet, Rising took so many more shots than Pittsburgh. That tells you, I think, exactly the point that we have been trying to illustrate here, which is that when you actually break it down, Rising may have been taking those shots, but they're just not threatening. They're not threatening when you look at how things are going. Now, I, I, I do think here, as we, we, I think Goldie Man Pat possibly has a bit of an argument here that people aren't necessarily scared of this Rising attack. Um, they know they don't have to do very much to shut them down. It's interesting because I know that. You look at some of these guys, you look at the Danny Trejos of the team. Danny Trejo, I don't think he's been doing very much these past couple of games now, but 
we know that he's capable of turning that on. We know that he's capable of being that guy, that spark, that key cog in the attack that can just pick the team up and put him on his back with just a moment of brilliance. Um, but what it, what we know more than anything, I think, is that those moments of brilliance from good players aren't permanent. Um, you don't get to just rely on those. And when you just rely on those, you are going to struggle quite greatly. Yeah, and I think uh, going back to the stats, two of the Optus stats that stick out to me are big chances. That's zero for Phoenix, one for Pittsburgh. And I think Pittsburgh finished that chance. Obviously, we get a header in the six-yard box. It's going to go in almost every time. And then when you look at the uh, duels in the air one, you have a 55% to 45%, another Pittsburgh advantage. And it's just, again, it's the chances are not that dangerous. Yes, you're testing the goalkeeper, which is great. You have to. Um, but again, it's, it's not anything you, they're not reboundable, if that makes any sense. Like no. you're very rarely going to get a rebound from a long shot. It's going to be no. more in, from in close. A header will always get you a rebound uh, most often than not. But you're right. We haven't Especially seen... when you're looking at the number of players, the imbalance of players there. Um, you, yeah. You're not going to have too many forwards. Rising attacks with one centre forward, potentially one attacking midfielder as a second striker. Um, and the other guys are out wide. So, yeah, you're not even, it's not like you're just overloading the penalty area with, with bodies. I agree. And what you were saying about, you know, consistency, consistent performances from guys, which is what Juan was asking for, basically, a consistent performance when we spoke to him last week after Vegas. I mean, we, we've seen sparks from guys. We've seen Danny have sparks. We've seen Gallardo have uh, Arteaga have uh, sparks. But it's like one or two or three weeks. And I, and I understand a guy can't show up every week and score every week. That's not what I'm expecting. But to create chances, to be part of the buildup that, that creates a chance for somebody else. If you're man-marked, if you're going to get two guys on you as soon as you get the ball, are you able to take that and give it off to the guy who's making the run? That is what you have to be able to do. You may not necessarily get on the score sheet every game, but are you part of the tag? Are you part of the buildup? And it's just something that's kind of been missing and. I think some players have been disappointing. We talked about it last week. I think Fede has been a big disappointment from what we were expecting him to be, especially over the course of this season. So I'm hoping Panos can be that guy um, because that, that central midfielder attacking number 10, I know they don't play with a traditional number 10, but that essentially that role I think is kind of non-existent in terms of consistency for this team. I think that's, and that's something we spoke about actually in midweek with Juan when we got to ask him about Fede and I think Fede was someone who it's not necessarily that he's been very bad it's that he's come in with a lot of hype yeah come in with a lot of real expectation and he hasn't lived up to that so far this season now Juan put that down to the guy's not being able to get consistent game time he had a lot of injury issues um he's not really managed to find his groove but then when Quajo's out as well, you kind of get into that issue of, okay, what are you going to do in terms of the attacking midfield? We saw midfield today where, yes, we've seen Harvey do it in the past, be more of that attacking midfielder. I think today we saw more of Jose Andres Hernandez in that kind of a role. Um, and this team is, I think, without that attacking midfield option there, um, struggling a little bit. 
because the depth hasn't been there. Now, is Panos the answer to that? He might be. We have not seen enough today. We've seen that he's been a big chance creator in Loudoun. Um, we, we've got to see quite how he fits into this squad. Juan seems confident about that. He, he pretty much picked up the phone on Thursday, uh, Panos, and was told, by the way, you're going up to Pittsburgh to play for Phoenix Rising. So he didn't have a great deal of, of notice ahead of this game. But um, it's still just something that ultimately needs fixing. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to... him or someone else. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to judge Panos based off today. He's obviously had no time to get any continuity, and that's a lot harder than people may realize when you've never played with guys and you're trying to figure out how do I fit in here. You have no idea what guys are going to do. You know what your coach to do but it takes a little bit of time to get that chemistry to know when a guy is going to make a run or when he's not, when he's going to come short, when he's going to go get in behind. So I'm interested to see how that works out. But I do think it is a good sign that he did come into the match today because if he wasn't the player that you know we are all thinking he can be, I don't think Juan would have played him today. And the fact that he came off the bench, I think shows that Juan does have a lot of interest, has a lot of confidence in him. So if he's not that guy, I think this team's in trouble because he's been brought in to be that guy. Yeah, um, I believe the the statistic is, correct me on this if I'm wrong, Jake, seven in 22 games that Rising haven't scored a goal since Juan arrived? I think that's na- yeah, as of now, and so including tonight, okay. um, would have to go back. So roughly one in three. Yeah. Roughly one in three. Um, yeah, anyway, let, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about... Our friends at Circle K. Uh, if you need a, a drink, they do indeed have beer there. Um, I feel like a lot of people might need that. Uh, 12 packs of beer, just $9.99, some of them at least, down there. And, of course, you can also stack up if you're not looking for beer. Go grab yourself a Polar Pop. Uh, text PHNX to 31310. To sign up, you get given a buy one, get one free Polar Pop on the 32-ounce Polar Pop. So make sure to go make the most of that one. You can find your nearest Circle K. Head to circlek.com slash store-locator. Circlek.com slash store-locator to find Circle K's near you. And if you need a beer after that one, of course, don't forget to go out and check out our friends at Four Peaks. Uh, they got their pub on 8th Street. We we did, of course, our World Cup watch parties there last year. That was all a good time. Go make the most. They've got some of their different beers. they got the Ratlon Red Ale now, which I'm told is as smooth as Corbin Carroll's swing. Uh, Jake, I'm sure you'll appreciate that when you were at that D-backs game the other day, weren't you? When he had the walk-off, uh, yeah. I yeah. Was yeah, indeed, indeed. So make sure to go out, get yourself a Four Peaks. And of course, remember, you've got to be 21 or over to enjoy Four Peaks. Right, Jake, let's maybe hone in a little bit more and look at some of the individuals. Now, I'm going to say something that you've already told me who your man of the match would be. You don't get to pick the man of the match. I already sent that one off to Jacob. So the man of the match that I have chosen in this one I went with Rocco Rios Nova and I went with him solely for really that one big first half save. To me, him making himself big on the edge of the penalty area in a very awkward position. If he doesn't make that save, the game is over at that stage. There is no real consideration of a second half comeback. I don't see any opportunity for Rising to come back if he doesn't make that save in that moment. At 2-0 down, that's a game lost to me. But he's a guy who we've heard we've seen a lot from we don't always quite give him as much recognition as some of the other guys in the team and maybe not as much as we should do but he's someone who 
especially being a goalkeeper on the smaller side of things, to manage to get up there, tip that one away, that was a big one. Now, a lot of people here saying, should he have done better on the goal? I'm actually going to defer to you on that one, Jake, because I didn't have the best view of the goal. I get the feeling you've managed to see a few replays. Yeah, I've looked it over a couple of times. There, I can't remember who the second player was. Kev is one of the players who's in front of him. So, as you just alluded to, he's a smaller goalkeeper. Could he have gotten his hands to it? Probably he might have been able to get a punch to it. But you have to get it's it wasn't quite a corner. It was a tad bit closer. It is a narrow pitch. So in terms of the regularity of the timing from a corner, he had just a second or two less to react. And as you know, as a goalkeeper, if you do not come out immediately, any hesitation, that's it. The ball's coming in and it's going to be game over. So he obviously didn't make the decision to come out at all. And the in-swinger uh, aspect of it causes him to not be able to get it, and then Pittsburgh wins the header. Mm-hmm. So you can you can blame half the defense and you can blame half on Rocco. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, but anytime there's a ball that ends up in your six-yard box, it's hard to, especially in the center of it, it's hard to argue that a goalkeeper shouldn't at least get a hand to it. Um, but, I, that I mean, you, you're really talking about the fine margins and the fine lines there. I mean, but that's what, that's what decided the game. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, though, more broadly, I actually think, Look, we, we've spoken a lot about the negative side of this, which is that the attack, quite frankly, looked impotent, impotent out there. Um, they were not threatening at all, barring a handful of chances. I think defensively, Phoenix Rising, I, I know Bob Lilly, of course, they get the one goal, they're up. They're not going to attack with the same vigor, with the same... Uh, just It's just not going to put as much into that attack as they would otherwise. But at the same time, outside of the goal and that one save... How many real opportunities did Pittsburgh have? How many real opportunities did Rising actually give them? No, I thought it was a good performance from Phoenix overall defensively. Uh, it's just one, I, I tweeted at halftime, it seemed like it was going to be a game where set pieces were going to decide this because tactically they're pretty much the same exact formation. So you're pretty much even in the midfield. You're even, uh, ta- well, the def- there's more defenders than, than forwards. So it was always going to be one of those, either a counter, a set piece, or it was going to have to be a beautiful play. And I, there's really not much more I think they could have done defensively. It, it, it more so just goes back to they don't have it in the final third. And as you said, once once Lily has his 1-0 lead, it's, it's like a Jose Mourinho game. It's Very little offense is going to be coming for the rest of the match, and they're just going to sit back. And when you're at home, you're on a turf field, and you have a narrow pitch – I mean, you have everything working with you if you're Pittsburgh and everything working against you if you're Phoenix, and you have to overcome that if you are rising. But it's just more the same. It's kind of like they keep trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, and they're not getting those results. That, that is the question. I mean, look, if we think bigger picture here, I mean, I'm intrigued what you think about this, Jake. What, besides just actually finding some form of creativity in the final third, what what exactly has to change about this team? I think if you you're not going to make a bunch of changes in terms of personnel, you're going to have to stick with what you have. You may have a loney come in, maybe, but that's. I think not they're going to need be... someone defensively. Given again, as we've already mentioned, the the risk of losing both Carlos Harvey and Kev Lambert. Yep, but I mean, 
uh, you asked Juan about that, and he said that he didn't anticipate bringing anyone in. So I don't necessarily know if I believe that 100%, given the past yep. of how this team operates. But going forward, I think you might just have to change guys in terms of their positioning. Like, I don't think Danny Trejo is a guy that's necessarily a central player. I mean, we watched him for years in Vegas, and he was always a wing player. He came from the outside where there wasn't much man marking because you don't send a lot of guys. You have a wing back out there or a right back out there, whichever side of the field he's on. Let him go in and try to beat guys one-on-one. I'm not talking about pace in terms of a skill because I don't think pace is a skill. I think pace is a the cherry and the whipped cream on top of the sundae. If you have nothing, if you have no sundae, you don't have a touch, you don't have the pass, you don't have the shot, then your pace means nothing, which – I get that. that. That goes back to Rick Schantz's love of speed over anything else. But don't get me started on that. But We could you get, get you started on that, Jake, and just let you, let you go off on that one. If you can get guys like Trey Hall and the, the guys who have speed, the guys who are smaller, the guys who aren't going to win balls in the air might not necessarily be the best number nines. It, it's kind of what I'm getting at. And if you can get bigger guys, if you can get guys who will win a 50-50 ball in the air, who can play with their back to goal – and don't necessarily need to be getting long balls or balls in behind to be effective, you can switch guys around, and while they're still up front, have them almost be free in their positioning instead of being necessarily forced to stay in a one side of the pitch or in the center of the pitch. And you can even have your wingbacks get a little more involved. It, 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 it almost seems like there isn't enough of an attack sometimes on the overloading of sides when they do have the ball out wide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting when you think about it, because then is that something that comes down to the formation? Because we've seen Danny Trejo play out wide for this team, but when he does it by necessity, because of the, the kind of shape that they come out in, he's coming out as what's effectively a wing back. Um, now it needs some more work. It's a bit more complicated than that, of course, because they don't expect him to adopt the kind of defensive duties that say they would expect Eddie Manjoma to be doing today. Um, but it's, it's definitely not just the idea of him being a winger. Um, they don't play with that really. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting how, how exactly you fix that. I mean, I see some of the comments in here about, you know, a lot of people are, getting frustrated it's three months in third of the season and they're still kind of working on these things working on gelling i i mean that that's <laughs> going on pat they're saying I, I can't recall making that prediction in pre-season but i'll take credit for it um the idea that i guess what is the plan b when things are starting to struggle now look we we do know that teams in this league have a tendency to there's always a handful that start the season kind of I'll, I'll be honest and say mediocre and then turn it around and suddenly manage to find their way into the playoffs something just clicks you see that happen a lot we've seen how many times have Oakland snuck in from the back door into the playoffs and make some noise um but I would agree broadly with John the issue here is, is that this team just can't seem to keep a clean sheet in some of these games I mean They've kept one clean sheet all season. Um, and so when you're a team that is struggling broadly for goals, that's a big problem. Um, if you can't keep a clean sheet and you're struggling to score goals, suddenly you've got to score two goals to get walk away with a win, at least. And, I, I mean, there are times you look at this team and you just wonder, do they have two goals in them? 
And of these last two games, no, definitely not. In fact, I mean, what, the last three games, Rising have scored a grand total of one goal against Orange County, Las Vegas, and now Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, That's going to inevitably be a big cause for concern. Um, I mean, Juan is someone who will repeatedly say and repeatedly tells us and comes out in the post games even today and is look i'm a performance uh he's focused on performance he's not just focused on results but at the end of the day it is of course a results business and while you can have moments of the game where you're happy with what you see at this stage in the season broadly speaking it has to take that step beyond just being about performance when you focus just on performance at this point short of a you know a game which i think the performance so overwhelmingly you feel as though you should have walked away and it's just a question of just having a bad bounce or a bad little bit of luck you know the goalkeeper stands on his head kind of day when there's very little that you can do about it it's got to be about results i get what juan's saying about the performance it's more so, if you play the same way and you do play well, uh, you will lose some because of unfortunate bounces, as you just said. But the performances we're seeing aren't really indicative of that. It's, it's as you said, you, you they've kept one clean sheet in the league and they've kept two in all competitions this season. The other was against Greenville. Um, and that honestly, that game should have been much more than, what was it, 1-0? It, it should have been, you know, probably three or four. But if you... If you're not, you say, if you're not able to keep a clean sheet and you have trouble scoring, this is going to be a long season. Yeah. And I and I think we are entering a time of the season which historically, maybe not so in the last two years, but historically, Phoenix has always thrived at home in the summer, and for obvious reasons, it's hotter than hell. And unless you're Vegas, you really can't practice for it. There, there is no way an opposing team can get ready for 105, 110 degrees at kickoff. And that's where the Phoenix Rising of old would jump on you in 20 minutes when the other team yeah. was on their hands and knees. This is going to be a big next two months. If they can't figure it out in the next two months, I, this season's gone. Because it, it, we, we've seen as it gets cooler, as the, especially in the playoffs, the weather doesn't matter. The weather's beautiful once we come to the fall. And once we get It's into the really playoffs. nice football weather come that time of year. Yeah, and anyone who comes along is actually relishing the opportunity to complain Phoenix because often it's a lot more comfortable than some of their places back home. I mean, you look, Rising's last game of the season is going to be Colorado Springs away. That's going to be a little bit chilly chilly. in in October, you'd have thought, especially when you compare that to what you're getting in Phoenix, where it's going to be very, very pleasant. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I feel like it's starting to get towards the point where the team really desperately needs to work things out much sooner rather than later. Yeah, and to go back to performance versus results, it, it you can have the philosophy of the performance, but that only works so much if you're getting two results out of every three matches. You get six points out of nine. You get seven points out of four, things like that. But we got, we're not getting that. And, and unless this turns around quickly, you're going to be fighting for the very last playoff spot. I mean, historically, we've seen Oakland make that run, but it's not something that's that advantageous to have to go on the no. road and travel. To the top play, seed. 
Exactly. Yeah. And you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do something that teams don't do, and, and it's just it makes it so much harder on yourself than it has to be. But I mean that's the game, and it, it's just they're not they're not scoring goals, and that literally is the game. As dumb as that sounds, as cliche as that sounds, if you, you don't mean goals change the, games. Jake. If you don't put the ball in the back of the net, yeah, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna do well. And uh, they're also not preventing the other team from doing it either. Yeah, well, I see some of the people in the chat here that uh, Max might be out trying to find some new OGs down in climate. Uh, <laughs> Well, no, no, he's he's not. But I tell you what, you can find your OGs at your local dispensary uh, in Arizona. Make sure to head on out. They've got lots of different mixed bags. They've got the fruits. They've got the creams. The fruits is watermelon, red apple, and peach. The creams, blackberries and cream, orange cream, skill, peaches and cream. And, of course, they've got pink lemonade. Max is making sure, of course, that he will be back in Arizona ready for the pink lemonade OGs. He's not going to miss that one, is he? Um he will not miss that one at all. So make sure to check out OGs online. Go check them out, ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z-Brands.com. And on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. Remember, you must be 21 or over, older. I was getting confused between older or over there. Uh, 21 or over to purchase. And uh, something else, also 21 or over, go check out Valley Tap Room. Good time. Um they do actually have sodas for kids there as well, so you can take your kids down there. But it's a great time. Lots of beers, 30-odd taps on, uh, big wine selection, uh, trivia on a Tuesday. I know I've been down there with a Max. He's not here to claim that he carried the trivia team this week. Uh, normally, he would be claiming that he carries our trivia team. I'm sorry, Max, you don't. But it's a good time. Um, go and see how well you can do in their trivia on a Tuesday. Go see all of the different beers, wines, everything that they've got down there. You can also bring food from the nearby uh, places, restaurants there, and, and really just have a good time. So go check out Valley Tap Room over on Gilbert, just off the 202. And, uh, yeah, make sure to join us. I'm sure in the near future we'll have a another little trivia trip out there on a Tuesday. Right. Now, Jake, as we come towards the close... Should we take a look around USL? I know you were telling me a scoreline earlier. But let's have a look yesterday. Let's start with that one and start with Charleston Battery and their performance against India 11. 20 seconds. You got a red card in that game. Now, I know some people don't like the red card there. Uh, John McPherson, of course, he may still be in our chat now. He was not too happy about it on Twitter. Uh, to me, it's, it's a Stonewall red card. My uh, my coworker discount tire John McPherson. Yeah, yeah, that will be the guy. Uh, yeah, I mean it's harsh, but as you as you alluded to, it's it's a it's a letter of the law. It it does ruin the game, much like uh, a, a penalty at all in, in the first minute of a game changes the game entirely. Obviously, you can go down to ten men. It, it it's just one of those that if you're the defender and you're making that challenge, you know the risk you're taking, and the ref on that day may or may not give you a red. You were gonna get a card regardless, but he decided that on that day it was red, and that's the that's the risk you take, and you just leave the rest of your team out to dry for the next ninety minutes, and they got absolutely throttled four 0 It's yeah, that's not particularly helpful, is it? But they yeah, they go on to lose four nil at home in that game. Oakland roots beating up Colorado Springs. Switchbacks away from home, 1-0. Uh, a couple of our final scores today. Hartford nil, Louisville nil. Uh, that's an interesting one there. 
wouldn't have expected that. Tampa Bay Rowdies won all with Sacramento Republic. Despite the fact that Tampa Bay Rowdies actually finished that game with nine players. Both red cards were late. JJ Williams and uh, Antley as well getting one late on in that game. Lots of red cards today already. Memphis 901. He, he did. Memphis 901 currently 5-1 up in stoppage time over Miami FC. Both sides have had a player sent off in that game. Uh, meanwhile, San Antonio FC currently beating San Diego Loyal 3-0, despite the fact that, and they had scored all three goals before the 20th minute here, but in the 20th minute, San Antonio reduced to 10 in that game. So, yeah. Yeah. Lot going on. USL Championship. Make it make sense. Orange County's already up 2-0 on RGV. Jeez. The, the, this league just doesn't make sense, does it, Jake? No, but I think that's that's American soccer in general. We've seen that at the MLS <laughs> level. Um, and at the USL level, I mean, just look at the last couple of champions. I mean, it, we went from one team who we thought would win it and then one team who we were just absolutely flabbergasted to win it. And it's just... It, that it's that's the beauty, I guess, if you want to call it that, of knockout football, in which you don't even have to score a goal to lift a trophy. Whereas, Absolutely. obviously, over the course of a league, if you only played to draw, you would get in this league what thirty six, thirty four points, and that's obviously not going to do anything for you over the course of an true. entire season. Which is why I, I do true. believe you need to go for it. My my little my little saying is, what is the difference? What is the difference between? Winning one game and losing twice and drawing three games despite being, quote, unbeaten. You both got three points out of it in three games, although one team lost twice and one team is unbeaten. So just doing the math that way, you got to go for it. You got to play the game. Like, I I know it's a a tactic if a team is superior than you to just sit back and you can do that once in a while. But if you're going to play scared all the time, it, it, mm-hmm. it's just not going to bode. You can do it. You can do it in knockout football, but if you if you do it in the season, you're you're not going to get anywhere. But I mean, this is this is the U.S. where you have playoffs, so I guess it can work to an extent. I'll just hop in there actually on John's comment uh, and point out that actually it still would be a red card outside of the penalty area. Um, it's about where the opposition are located more than anything. Oh, so your teammates are located more than anything else. Whether any defender is going to be able to make that challenge uh, before a shot is ultimately gotten off um in that moment but yes it's look it's a a late night i'm gonna i think start wrapping up here in pittsburgh it's night near nearing you can tell it's been a long day 10 30 p.m here uh before we sign off though just remember you can of course go and find some phnx rising merchandise we do indeed have it t-shirts the scarf the scarf very nice very cool even in these summer months um I do have one in the bag. Uh, they are actually to bring it with me. Unfortunately, I don't really have anywhere to display it other than putting it around me, and I'm not going to run over there now. But yes, uh, make sure if you want to go and get your own PHNX Rising scarf or T-shirt, you can head on over to the PHNX Locker, phnxlocker.com. And uh, on that note, I think, uh, Jake, time to call it a night. Yeah, I mean, we still got a whole night over here in Phoenix to... Uh... <laughs> Just drink our nice and away early for if you. you're of age, but nice and early for you. But you know what? I will actually make one one last point as I see him currently out there on the field and imitating as though he's about to throw a pitch. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to 
none other than Mr. Brandon McCarthy, who uh, during the game, you won't have caught this on the broadcast because the camera was actually up right next to us, so I wouldn't have caught it. But one ball launched up into the stands. This guy reaches out and does a one-handed catch out at like stretching out. So uh, He's a professional yeah, athlete, yeah. former professional he, he, athlete. He, he indeed was. But all I'll say is that with reflexes like that, if Rising were ever to lose both Rocco Rios Nova and Patrick Krakowski, we know who third up is. And on that note, I thought Jose nice. Bosch was third string. <laughs> Brandon McCarthy now. Good night.